Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not spending $270 billion on diversity, equity, and inclusion. That is financial lunacy. We are $33 trillion in debt on the brink of World War III. And the Pentagon cutting a mighty big check to fight pretend racism. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Sadly, it will not even make the medal podium in the stampede of stupidity going on at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, a.k.a. the Woke House. Everything woke turns to Button up them chin straps. We're going to play some old style football today. 888-788. Nine nine one zero. If you want to be a part of a show that will include my great friend, Brian Brenberg, as good of a friend as I have in this business, and a fellow I went to high school with, Tommy Ludwig, who is a 20-year Marine uh, military veteran, uh, who is now running for Congress in George Santos's old seat, District 3 out on Long Island. Ludwig's going to be joining us in studio if you'd like to join us via the phone, 888 788 Nine nine one zero. You know the rules. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a. Yes, the Santos seat now vacant, uh, which is surprising. You know when you consider the life experiences. He's still in. He's just not running. So the seat is occupied by Santos, obviously, but he won't be seeking reelection. Uh, when this comes back around, obviously, a guy like Santos, he got a busy social calendar. You know, he goes hunting with Bigfoot. Swims with the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, it's, listen, you live life. Once you survive the sinking of the Titanic like George Santos did, you really go out there, as Tim McGraw once sang, and you live like you were dying. Uh, So we'll get into that as well on a big Tuesday episode of the show that has me here in New York. However, Thanksgiving is two days away. Uh, And when we get through the beginning of the holiday season, I go back on the road to close the year in style. So a couple of dates you need to hear about. If you're listening on 99.1 FM Talk or you're over in Lyon County on 93 FM Talk, uh, I am at the Carson Nugget in Carson City, Nevada, Saturday night, December the 2nd. We're doing three shows. We need to keep the sellout streak intact. We're hot right now. We sold out like 22 out of our last 23, but the actual streak, I believe, is 13 straight shows. You can't let us down, Carson City. You better be there. Three shows Saturday night, December the 2nd. We are counting on you. And then, of course, on December the 9th, we were at Texas Music City on Old Jacksonville Highway right there in Tyler, Texas. That is Saturday, December the 9th. And then the following weekend, I am at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. That is Saturday night, December the 16th. I'll be hanging out with Sully in the whole Barnyard Jamboree. But right now, as you know... I am here in studio uh, doing what I do best, which is mediocre radio. Bingo. Stop it. Uh, Let's start at the White House today, shall we? I just had to cover this on Fox and Friends first this morning at 5 a.m. If you didn't see it, it's on the Fox Across America website. 
Uh, I then revisited this subject matter on Stuart Varney's show just a few moments before getting onto the air. Uh, tonight you will see me on the bottom line with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy, and then I'll be closing the show on the Ingram Angle at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So there's a lot of fail vision coming your way over the holidays. Friday I'll be filling in for Gutfeld on the 5, so if I look a foot taller, I didn't grow from all the turkey. That's just me sitting on the two phone books that Greg uses. But let's start with Biden uh, because this is where my day began on the TV only fair that it begins there on the radio. This is Biden yesterday. So they have the big uh, turkey pardoning over at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And I don't doubt he's a little confused because he attempts to make a joke about Taylor Swift here that accidentally references Beyonce's tour and ends with him calling Taylor Swift Britney Spears. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Now, that soundbite from the Australian news anchor that we play is like a year old. I can't imagine what she sounds like right now. Uh, But I would love to hear her take on this one right here, clip one. Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds, the competition. They had to work hard to show patience and be willing to travel over a thousand miles. You could say even this harder than getting a a ticket to the Renaissance tour or, or, or... Britney's tour. She's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. <laughs> so he starts by saying, you could say it's even harder than getting a ticket to the Renaissance tour. <laughs> That's Beyonce. Or, 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 or Britney's tour. <laughs> she doesn't have a tour. Britney's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. <laughs> Brittany is not in Brazil. She is actually on Instagram, probably naked playing with knives as she has wanted to do lately. It's bizarro. I love it when you talk dirty. Maybe. But uh, when the biggest pop star of your generation has descended into some form of madness and looks like the scariest daytime stripper at the club, uh, it's not a welcome sight. I feel for Britney Spears. And I don't doubt that there's a reason she's at the top of Joe Biden's mind, because like Britney, Biden also peaked about 25 years ago. I think he's got a point. Okay, the point is he's not in charge, which brings me to topic number two. Okay, the Pentagon is reporting that with everything going on in the world right now, okay, we have 8 million people crossing our border illegally right now. We've sent $100 billion over to Ukraine, which is insane because we can't get an accounting or a federal audit for where it's going and why. Okay, we're subsidizing both sides of the uh, Israeli-Hamas conflict through the proxy funding that Hamas gets from Orion. And, of course, the direct aid we're sending to Israel, who deserves our full-throated support, to be clear. Okay, we're $33 trillion in debt. Seventy percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. The Biden administration sending $270 billion on diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, really think about that. Okay, 270. It's million, just to be clear. I want to get that right. We try to prioritize a well-informed show. You can't tell from listening every day. But we do try to keep the show on the level in terms of the effort. Uh, Do we pull it off every single day? The answer would be no. No. Okay, I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But, yes, we want to give you accurate facts and figures. $270 million is what they're spending in taxpayer funds to further the DEI inclusion uh, agenda for fiscal years 2022 to 2024. 
okay? And basically what this is designed to do is make sure, you know, things in the military are more pronoun-friendly, that, you know, we've got more diversity in our— Listen, the only thing I want out of our military—this is our Department of Defense, okay, is merit, people who can do the job. I don't care if every one of them is a three-spirit, four-gender female, Okay, if she is the most fierce killing force we've ever seen, throw her in the military. But we don't need the military to be anything other than effective. We're supposed to be the team nobody wants to play, not the team that's checking all the corporate diversity mandates. Okay, and the reason I say that is because certain jobs require certain things from the employees, okay, that don't necessarily align with the everybody special, hate has no home here, coexist mentality. It's war, okay? War doesn't care what you identify as. They identify you as the enemy. They want to kill you, okay? There's no world where we're going to run onto a battlefield and anyone's going to show any sensitivity whatsoever to our feelings. So the idea that our Department of Defense should be prioritizing feeling-friendly things is just weapons-grade stupid when you talk about fighting the wrong battles. Okay, but as I read this to you, okay, what we're being told, and this is bananas, okay, the Pentagon Strategic Management Plan for fiscal years 2022 to 2026 listed one of its goals as inculcate DEIA principles across all DOD efforts. I think we were going for implement. Implement DEIA principles across all DOD efforts, okay? So you understand everything we're doing at the Department of Defense. We need to prioritize diversity, equity, and inclusion. Wrong. Now, again, I don't want you to conflate what I'm saying. I don't care what a person identifies as if they want to be in the military. They're welcome. Okay, if they're good, they can do the gig. We need them there. But turning somebody into a killing machine so fierce that we are able to enjoy and recognize peace through strength. You see, that's our superpower. It's not that we have all these nukes. It's not that we have all these tanks. It's not that we have so many guns. We can afford to lose 85 billion of them in Afghanistan like we did when we fled. Biden is such a disaster. Like, it's good that we're that heavily well fortified. But the point is, we're supposed to have a military nobody wants to mess with. You've heard me make this analogy a lot lately about the Middle East. Everybody has been a restless kid at home when they were fighting with a sibling and one of your parents went, hey, knock it off. And you stopped. Because the minute you heard that tone of voice from your parents, you were like, this could be a problem. Okay, that's supposed to be the strength of our military. We're supposed to be able to look out at the world and go, hey, knock it off. But in this instance, our military installations have been hit over 62 times since this Israeli-Hamas conflict has started. Now, to be clear, we bombed one thing in retaliation, okay, but we're still on the wrong, thi- wrong, wrong end of this, 62 to 1. They're not looking out at a military that's spending $270 million on hurt feelings and being scared. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. I mean, how could that? You really think about this. Since this conflict broke out, what did Biden say? What's your message to Iran? Don't. Then if you remember, they trotted out Kamala. Do you remember? Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! Maybe so, but what was her answer? Don't. 
okay? Blinken, what's your... Don't. That's all they've said, okay? So essentially, we've gone out and yelled to these military proxies, don't. They've yelled back, you. That's what they've yelled back. And this was before we announced we were investing $270 million on hurt feelings. Do you understand? America is in the ass-kicking business. And the way we're going in 20 years, we're going to have a military that's like, oh, my gosh, ISIS called me an infidel. I am not fighting today. That is very insensitive. That's our military, okay, in 20 years. They're going to be rolling onto the battlefield with solar-powered tanks and hate has no home here bumper stickers on the back. And, yeah, they'll lose every war, but they'll all come home with a trophy. It's the war movie that's got critics praising its inclusiveness. Introducing Woke Metal Jacket. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. The Pentagon is tired of having nothing but tough men in the Marine Corps. You gotta be me, Joker. So they're relaxing standards to make it easier for other types of soldiers. Sound off like you got a pair. Any military can focus on hurting their enemies, but only the American military can focus on hurt feelings. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Woke Metal Jacket. Good night, ladies. Now playing in Washington and coming soon to a losing war near you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America, the main man, Jimmy Fallon. It's Tuesday. I am off tomorrow. Uh, you are going to hear from Todd Pyro, Fox and Friends' first co-host, making his syndicated radio debut. Okay. I'm, we just finalized the deal. We just booked him a second ago. What the hell were you thinking? Uh, Jenny Fallon had foot surgery. She's on the men. She's getting better. Uh, but I actually have to help her pull, the, pull life together because we're hosting Thanksgiving on Thursday. Uh, you will hear Thanksgiving best ofs on Thursday and Friday. And then I'll be back all over your radio and your TV next week. But right now, let's live in the moment, shall we? Uh, and continue uh, where we began. Okay, Biden's a mess. And what's basically happening is he's not his own man. Okay, any sensible person who looks at a country $33 trillion in debt where 75% of the people are living paycheck to paycheck and says, you know what we need to do? We need to take our military and blow $270 million on hurt feelings. 
Okay, any sensible person says you can't do that when you talk about wasteful spending. And again, I'm not a person that's here to tell you we don't have racism in our society. We're watching it every day with these liberal marches calling for the death of all Israelis in Israel from the river to the sea. That We know anti-Semitism is through the roof on the left. Okay, it's a major proponent of their agenda right now. When it comes to day-to-day racism, the vast, 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 vast majority of society just doesn't care. Why? Because racism is a byproduct of ignorance, okay? You hate something because you don't understand a culture. You fear something because you don't know much about it, okay? And decades and decades ago, that was very prevalent in our society because we weren't living integrated lives, Okay, our society now is so fully integrated that everybody understands at the end of the day, we all want the same things. We're just human beings. Okay, we want to eat some food, keep our family safe. Beyond that, we all want to get paid and we all want to get laid. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But you have no idea how much more integrated we are. And what's crazy is the people pushing all of this divisive racism talk on us is a party led by Joe Biden, a guy who fought harder than anybody to keep schools segregated. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Think about that. Joe Biden, who famously, famously eulogized Robert Byrd, who is a former member of the Ku Klux Klan, that's the guy who gets up to the microphone and says, we got to do something about all these racists on the right. The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument. But I will tell you this. If you want to know why they're weaponizing it so aggressively in this moment, the whole pretend racism thing, it's because they're losing the black vote tremendously. Okay, Trump is up 15 points with black voters. Okay, he's up 20 plus with millennials since 2020. And you cannot win an election if you're a Democrat without the overwhelming support of black Americans and millennials. So they target this diversity, equity and inclusion initiative because it allows them to create the illusion that, hey, we're going after something to do with racism. And of course, hopefully some black voters feel like, okay, that's great, even though we can't pay for goods and the streets aren't safe and the schools are failing. And then some stupid white kids who are like, yay, feelings. We're fighting racism, too. And that kind of thing appeals. Okay, but does it make anybody's lives better? No. And here is one prominent Democrat catching on to the ruse, clip 11. One thing that is clear in polling trends, focus group trends, and otherwise is that black voters and other voters are looking for an alternative. Black voters have long felt and said and showed us that they feel taken for granted by the Democratic Party. We've seen the ways in which VP Harris hasn't been supported as much as some folks would like by the Democratic Party, by President Biden. And the real kicker with RFK Jr. and something that is particularly unique to him is that he tapped into this deep-seated, deep-rooted medical skepticism that a lot of black folks across the country feel, rightfully so. There has been medical racism going back, you know, to the 1800s through now. There is ample reason why folks might feel distrustful of their health care providers or of what even the government is telling us we should do with our bodies with respect to vaccines. Now, that is not to say that everything RFK Jr. says about vaccines is directly appealing to black voters, but when he talks about these things and brings up the idea that actually maybe they're lying to you or maybe you shouldn't take this vaccine. He's really trying to get at what other folks aren't saying to these voters, which is, I hear Mm -hmm. you. I see you. I understand why you might feel this way. 
So that's Alexi McCammond over at MSNBC invoking the fact that black voters feel let down by Biden and that there's some additional appeal for RFK based on the fact that he's talked about all the times they have wronged black voters at a federal level in the past. So why is Joe Biden cooking up a fake war on racism? Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Report in the storm of insanity. World is on fire. We're over here roasting radio marshmallows, trying to keep you from snapping. Everybody's really losing it right now in this country. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. But not on this show, okay? It's a little, you know, it's a little lighter. We're going to talk about all the heavy stuff, but we kind of put your vitamins in your applesauce. It's a lot of hard news, but you don't really feel it going down. We've kind of tricked you. You don't even know what you're doing. We're like, you know, sticking a vitamin inside the ice cream. We're like, hey, kids, who wants ice cream? And you see, you just you eat it. You have no idea. You just you just gulp down like eight vitamins. Whatever. You don't even know. Shut up, kids. I don't want to hear a word. Turn this car around right now. Uh, here's a dumb one. Uh, yesterday, the White House. This is fascinating. We're talking about all of this pretend oppression. Okay, and that's a lot of what's coming out of the White House right now. It's a lot of straw man arguments. They're trying to protect people against invisible threats. They're not real. Okay, we are the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. Like, that's a statement of fact. There is, you know, which is so fascinating with the conflict in the Middle East. All of the people who support Hamas, we're talking about the blue hair gender studies majors, would be killed by Hamas if they actually walked into Gaza and was like, hi, my name is Jimmy and this is my partner, Danny. They would kill me and Danny. That's true. That is true. Now, I don't have a partner, Danny. Uh, I've got Jenny Fallon, but the point is, They do not tolerate alternative lifestyles, okay? They are a culture that is completely devoid of tolerance, whether it's women showing their face in public, going to a library, driving a car. You know, anything you talk about a transgender movement, are you crazy? If you tell them they're trans, they're throwing you a rooftop party, Uh, not one that ends well. But yesterday, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre in the White House announced a trans day of remembrance. Uh, and this was basically yet another manipulative effort to create the perception that this White House is protecting someone from some sort of violence. Now, to be clear, we don't endorse, advocate or look the other way on any violence. We don't do that. It's not what we do. Okay, we didn't like what went on at the Capitol. We were also honest about the fact that what happened on January 6th wouldn't make the top 50 of things that happened during the summer of 2020 in the George Floyd BLM riots. Okay, remember this. The Black Lives Matter riots of 2020 caused uh, $42 million in property damage, resulted in, uh, excuse me, $10 billion in property damage, resulted in 42 deaths. $10 billion in property damage Okay, 42 deaths, 
Does that even compare remotely close to January 6th? The answer would be no. And that's not me saying January 6th is fine. That's me saying I've been condemning political violence long before it became a trendy, cool thing to do. Okay, but when it comes to trans violence, what Corrine Jean-Pierre did yesterday, okay, is, is announced that, you know, there were 26 people, trans people that were killed last year, okay, that were members of the trans community, uh, and they were announcing a trans day of remembrance. And the sad reality of that trans day of remembrance is, number one, obviously, that anyone died whatsoever, but it's also that 99% of the trans people who were killed last year were either killed by a romantic partner, okay, or involved in a prostitution exchange, which means these were not transphobes. These were people who very much had a connection and an acceptance of the trans community, but lo and behold, as happens sadly to heterosexual prostitutes, lesbian prostitutes, gay prostitutes, okay, it is, of course, a profession with a very short life expectancy. And that's sad, and we're not happy to hear it. But with all the people getting killed, like does this White House give us a fentanyl day of remembrance for the 100,000 people who've died of fentanyl? The answer would be no. Nope. You don't get a fentanyl day of remembrance because they're causing that problem at the southern border. You get a trans day of remembrance because that allows them to gaslight the American people, claim that everyone's under attack. And I got to be honest, if you're trying to protect the trans community and you're trying to protect the discussion around the trans community, okay, you can't keep telling them everybody wants to kill them. Okay, if you're going to pump people full of hormones that don't naturally occur in their bodies— and uproot their actual biological evolution as humans, telling them everybody wants to kill them isn't always going to be a recipe for harmonious discourse. Okay, when you think of the trans shooter, okay, the Covenant shooter down in Tennessee, what was her whole tranifesto that eventually got leaked to the public about? Wanting to kill white Christians because that person believed white Christians were out to kill her people. And that's what she was told over and over and over again by people like the ones who represent this White House. Oh, it's a trans genocide what's going on. That's what they told us. Okay, sadly, 26 trans people died last year. That's not a genocide, okay? It's not even remotely close to a genocide. And nowhere is there an organized group declaring any desire to eradicate the trans population. The political discourse around trans issues is two things, okay? One is... Nobody, okay, is in support of biological men competing against biological women because they have a massive advantage. Tell them like it is. But that's not, I hate them. That's not, we're denying them access to sports. But that's how it's spun. No, we're saying compete against people in your own division. Okay, that's not hate. And understand, when you hear the other end of this argument, which is what? We don't want biological men getting dressed in the same locker rooms as biological women, which is what happened to Riley Gaines and her swim team at the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, they wanted to push back against that. They said, hey, everybody talks about tolerance, but they don't express any for our views. You're forcing a naked man into our locker room. We're not comfortable getting changed in front of them. What were they labeled? Bigots. Chased off college campuses. Riley Gaines was punched at San Francisco State University, barricaded into a classroom at one point because they said she was the hateful monster. You understand what the left has been doing to get their way in the age of social media is they've been labeling any form of disagreement as hate because hate allows them to pistol whip people into compliance. You don't want to be called a bigot. 
You don't want your business to be boycotted and slandered all up and down social media. So you just give in and give these people what they want. And now we're sitting here pretending with a straight face in some corners of society that there are biological men who can have a baby in their body. That is a fact check false. They can't. There's no such thing as a biological man. No biological man in the history of the world has ever given birth to a baby. And my question to you is if, if a biological man is giving birth to a baby, where is it coming out of? Because neither option sounds particularly pleasant. I'm, I'm just telling you because I care. But understand that's how they get their way. Everybody's under attack. We'll protect you. Whole country's transphobic. Don't worry, but vote for us. We'll protect you. Whole country's racist, but vote for us. We'll protect you. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. But it's all a straw man argument, and there's no actual deliverable for the people they purport to care about. Okay, but that's the type of divisiveness that they are pushing to get their way. I mean, don't ever forget, Georgia's voter ID law, okay, which was basically, hey, you got to show an ID in order to vote. We want to make sure the vote's secure. Joe Biden told us that was worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. Now think about this. Georgia had the largest voting turnout in the midterm elections of any midterm in the state's history. Now, does Jim Crow have a way of increasing turnout? That's the kind of shameless gaslighting you're getting, though, out of the White House. They're saying this is worse than an era where they burnt down the homes of black voters to scare them out of voting. This is worse than an era where they attacked them with Bull Connor and mobs and dogs and charged grandfather clauses and literary taxes and did anything they could to drive down the black turnout. Joe Biden wanted you to believe that asking a black American to show a government ID was worse than Jim Crow. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Seriously. okay, but that's what you're dealing with now. They'd rather fight you over pretend racism than to address the real problems facing our country. Because as long as they can keep getting elected based on fighting pretend oppression, they don't ever have to include, you know, improve the quality of life for these communities they purport to care about. That's why black voters are fleeing the Biden administration. Okay, they don't want they get it now. They're in on the joke. Oh, okay, yeah, we've been voting for Democrats for 75 years. Nothing's better. Everything's worse. Schools are worse. Crime is worse. And now they've let 8 million migrants into the inner cities around this country, which, of course, overcrowds the schools even more and strains the infrastructure that might otherwise be going to people who are at the lowest end of the socioeconomic scale. Okay, that's what the Democrats have given the black community in exchange for their support. Hey, vote for us because the other guys are racist. Okay, so you voted for them because the other guys were racist. Now what happened? Your schools got more crowded. Your funding got depleted. Your police budgets got cut. And your crime rates went through the roof. Does that sound for like a recipe for improving the quality of life in any community? The answer would be no. No, but it's their plan. This is what they run on. Okay, you get Transgender Remembrance Day. It's 26 people died because their partners got mad and killed them or they were involved in a prostitution exchange, which is not good. It's not something I'm happy about, but it's a straw man argument. And again, those 26 people get a National Day of Remembrance, but the 100,000 people who've died because of fentanyl don't get a word out of the White House that let 8 million people cross the border, Joe Biden. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But I bring up the border. Why? Because here is Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security Secretary. When you talk about fighting the wrong battles, DHS was created in the aftermath of September 11th. 
Okay, they wanted to make sure that more terrorists weren't sneaking into the country, whether they were boarding our planes, whether they were crossing our borders. Okay, we wanted to make sure we had the resources to stop terrorists from coming here. Sadly, at our southern border, we've had 800, excuse me, 8 million people get in. Okay, we've had 1.7 million known gotaways. If 1.7 million people have gotten into this country, we don't know where they went. We don't know where they're from. Does that sound like the Department of Homeland Security is keeping tabs on the threat? The answer would be no. Not even a little. But here is my Arcus. Okay. New documents showing that Customs and Border Patrol are directing personnel to only use woke language and be wary of misgendering illegal immigrants. Misgendering illegal immigrants. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. So these are people who are breaking the law to come into your country. And rather than, I don't know, maybe stopping them from breaking the law, straining our resources, enriching the cartels, the human traffickers, the drug smugglers, you know, the people who brought the fentanyl that have killed 100,000 Americans. What they're telling us is we've got to make sure we use the right pronouns when we talk to these people that are breaking into our country. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. According to instructions, okay, order from Department of Homeland Security Chief Alejandro Mayorkas directs border guides to ignore the biological distinction between males and females. Instead, officers must submit to the claim that each person's gender is more important than their biological sex and so must allow people to sneak across the male-female border under the disguise of transgender pronouns. According to the instructions laid out in the document, if a longer dialogue with a migrant is occurring, it may be appropriate to ask the individual their preferred pronoun. For example, state, I would like to be respectful. What name and pronoun would you like me to use when addressing you? These instructions also warn do not use he, him, she, or her pronouns until you have more information about or provided by that individual. Okay, first and foremost... 99.99999% of the people crossing the southern border, okay, only believe there are two genders, okay? We know that because they originate from places, okay, that hold those beliefs. But more importantly, we know that because being trans, are you ready for it? Oh, girlfriend, being trans is the ultimate form of white privilege. You never go into a poor neighborhood filled with minorities and meet a bunch of trans people. Why? Because they don't have the money to pursue something like that. I think he's got a point. Meaning not just want to do it, but they don't have the money as parents to manipulate their children into believing they're trapped in the wrong body. Like, this is a trend. This is not a thing people were pursuing 10 years ago. It's not a thing people were pursuing 20 years ago. You could tell me one one millionth of the population was considering this 20 years ago, but it wasn't a prevalent thing that in some circles has almost become a fashion brand. Okay, I'm not saying there aren't people with gender dysmorphia. I am not saying there aren't people out there who don't feel trapped in the wrong body. And I tolerate you and I accept you because that's what America is. E pluribus unum out of many one. Okay, but the bottom line is nobody's out there pursuing a sex change unless they got money. Okay, these things aren't cheap. And when you are living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have the privilege 
of talking to your kids all day about the fact that they might be trapped in the wrong body. Because understand, if a five-year-old kid thinks he's trapped in the wrong body, it's because somebody presented them with the possibility. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Kids don't come out of the womb conflicted about the body they're in. They just escaped one body. Now they're out there in the world making sense of it. They're not walking around going, what the hell is going on? Kids are trying to grow into their bodies and make sense of it all. And again, if somebody wants to transition above the age of 18, I fully support it and think they should. But this idea that we're fostering so much of this and we're forcing it down the throats of our kids and we're now pretending that migrants are coming here with this type of agenda in mind, understand this. If you are trans, 99% of the time you're white and you have the white privilege to pursue being so. So every single time you hear the DHS doing this, it's not about how they identify. It's about how they vote. They are trying to indoctrinate people into this line of thinking to further the probability that when they get here, if they are actually afforded voting rights, they're voting for that government that they think is looking out for them. That is a lie. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America, your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with Brian Brenberg, congressional candidate Tom Ludwig, joining us in the next hour as well. We might get Emily Campagno to stop by after the outnumbered couch wraps things up, but you never know. The bars are open here in New York City. Uh, you never know what Em's going to get herself into. Uh, but 888-788-9910 if you'd like a piece of this action, uh, which is coming in for a landing here in hour number one. i got to be honest, a pretty spirited first hour of the show today. <laughs> I thought it was okay. But uh, anyway, it's a tough crowd in the control room. It's a lot of tough love being thrown around here at Fox News headquarters. We lit our Christmas tree yesterday for the first time. Uh, it usually gets lit a second time about two or three weeks from now. <laughs> Somebody comes by with a lighter. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that this year. Uh, but it was an honor serving as a Christmas correspondent yesterday. And uh, there's a lot of TV coming up the rest of the holiday season as well. So make sure you check it out because January is coming, Buttercup. And you're going to see my stand-up special drop on Fox Nation January the 8th. And uh, you didn't hear this from me, but there's a book coming January 30th. I'm not supposed to announce it till. Uh, December the 4th. So for my purposes, you did not hear what I just said to you. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I don't know. I'm just playing a little defense over here. I tell you guys too much. You have the highest security clearance anywhere in, in politics, media, radio, TV. Like, I literally tell you guys everything. Okay? So understand, a lot of this information is classified. You cannot use a private server if you're going to handle classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Of course she does, because she didn't get charged for it. But you, my friend, you're going to get charged. So play a little defense, would you? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We're back in action. Got a big hour coming up on this show. A show called Fox Across America, your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. It is a veritable stampede of stupidity out there right now. Uh, but we will 
opiate the masses, dazzle you with our wit and wisdom uh, for the next hour, 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this action, uh, action that will include somebody I went to high school with, uh, my old buddy Tom Ludwig, uh, who has served this country valiantly in the military and is now running for Congress in the 3rd Congressional District out on Long Island where I grew up. Uh, we're also going to hear from Brian Brenberg. And uh, 50-50 on Campagno. Emily Campagno just got off the outnumbered couch. Uh, and we can confirm that the bar is open across the street right now. So that's a, never a sure thing. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. I don't know. It served me just fine. <laughs> it has. Wow. Uh, it served me well uh, over the weekend in Naples, Florida. I am still emotionally recovering from that one. If you were a part of any of those four sold-out shows. Uh, a tip of the visor to you, if you will. I go visor, Steve Spurrier style, out of respect for the great state of Florida. But right now we're not talking Florida. Uh, We're talking, man, oh boy, oh man. I'm going to have to play you a couple of clips of Joe Scarborough from MSNBC. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 So Joe Scarborough, just to give you a little background. Believe me, I I really don't want to do this to you either, okay? Morning, Joe. It's a a difficult, it's difficult, okay? And uh, they hate each other. Uh, Like Mika and Joe are two of the most miserable human beings you've ever met. But they used to be great friends with Trump. Trump used to go on their show all the time. They would socialize with him. Okay, even when Trump was running for president in 2016, he used to do their show all the time. Now, they were having him on because they thought it was like a, a morbid curiosity, almost like a carnival attraction. They thought, you know, he'd come on, he'd say crazy things, they could debate him, they could look like they were intellectually superior to Donald Trump. Wrong. And lo and behold, what ultimately happened is the guy they said had no chance of winning walked away with the win. <laughs> For real. But Scarborough's like a lot of guys in media that were friends with Trump before he got into politics. Uh, Like Howard Stern would be a good example. They have monstrous egos, just gargantuan egos. And you understand the thing you see a lot in media at other channels, okay, is everybody wants to be the king of their domain. And what I mean by that is when you turn on Fox News, okay, you'll see somebody who hosts a morning show appearing on a primetime show. You'll see someone who hosts an afternoon show appearing on a morning show or appearing on a primetime show and vice versa. We all do each other's shows. We have built a community here. And if you watch the channel, you feel like you know all of us personally because you've heard us bring up personal anecdotes in the company of so many different characters on the channel. That's why Fox works to the extent that it does is we are very much a TV family that not only hangs out together on and off the air, but we spend spend a lot of time hanging out with you guys off the air. Do you think MSNBC or CNN is having a Patriot Awards where they invite all of their viewers to come down and hang out with them for three days? <laughs> Zero chance. They don't want to be around you stinky, dirty little people, as they would call you. They don't want to be around us, and we work in TV like them. Okay, they have nothing but disdain for the working men and women in this country. Okay, the people who populate the airwaves at Fox News are the working class men and women of this country. We come from working class families. Okay, none of us are dealt into spectacular prosperity. The one thing we all have in common is we busted our asses to get where we are. 
And that's why we have such a connection to the rank and file voters in this country. That's why we're the most popular channel on the planet is we don't get on TV and shill relentlessly for the Republican Party. And you only need to follow Donald Trump on Truth Social to know that that's the truth. Trump trashes us all the time because he can't always take his side on things. But at the end of the day, we realize at Fox that our party is not the Republican Party. Our party is America. Okay, the Democrats on the left over at MSNBC, I mean, their party right now is probably Hamas when you consider all the Israel bashing they're doing. But bigger than that, their party is weapons-grade ego, okay? You don't see the MSNBC people cross-pollinating each other's shows through all hours of the day because they all exist in their own little bubble where they're the most important person in the universe, where they talk down to staffers, they shout down dissenting viewpoints, and they ostracize anybody, anybody who doesn't embrace the groupthink. So what happened to guys like Joe Scarborough and Howard Stern, who used to hang out with Trump privately and publicly all the time, is their egos couldn't handle how much bigger than them he became by winning the presidency. They couldn't deal with it emotionally because they're used to being in rooms where they're the biggest deal, where people are trembling in their presence because they don't want to get yelled at by this omnipotent cable news god king which is how these people fashion themselves. So understand, when Trump actually went out to fight the odds and won the presidency, the only thing they could do to make it tolerable was diminish the achievement. You're absolutely right. So every single day they've got to get on the air and be like, you know, he's a white supremacist, he's a racist, he's a misogynist, which is interesting because for people who are so adamant that Trump is a white supremacist, a racist, and a misogynist, they spent 25 years hanging out with the guy. I think he's got a point. So is this all new information? Of course it's not. This is performative hysteria. It's a manufactured contempt for a guy they loved. It's a classic case of your friends wanting them, wanting you to be successful as long as you're not more successful than they are. Correct mundo. When Trump was just a guest coming on the show doing a lot of media, they didn't mind him. They didn't care. He was doing Stern every week. He was doing Morning Joe more than once a week during the 2016 election. But winning, okay, shifted the power dynamic. He's now the president of the United States. They're just one of a million peons that happen to have a cable news show. Okay, and yes, I am calling us peons comparative to the president of the United States. That's the biggest, most important job in the world. Okay, and understand if your ego revolves around being the superpower in every room you walk into, it's hard to have a regular flunky on your show eclipse you by a magnitude of a billion, which is why you get the kind of hysteria you get out of Joe Scarborough. Here is Scarborough. He sees the Biden numbers plummeting. Okay, Biden is actually polling behind Hamas in the Democratic Party right now, as far as I'm as far as I know. It's not pretty. Okay, here is Joe Scarborough saying that if Trump gets back in, he will imprison and execute people. That was embarrassing. Well, here it is. Clip 14. And if he is voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots. Uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Uh, just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. The only, again, the only thing that stood between him and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No. 
Joe Scarborough hates himself. Like, you have every night when he gets done with his TV show, he goes home, sticks his head into the bathtub, and screams. Ah! Because he can't take it, okay? Trump, okay, is going to imprison and execute people. Just look at his track record. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Trump was president for four years. Did he imprison and execute people? The answer would be no. No, to be clear, Trump's current opponent, Joe Biden, is imprisoning his political opponents. Okay, but that is a manufactured hysteria. Okay, it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, but it's because he's in a place where it's become too emotional for him. That's where the media is failing this country. Fox ain't failing the country. Fox gets trashed all the time by Republicans because we don't get out there and attaboy every word that comes out of their mouths. We've been the first people to tell you the House of Representatives has been an abomination since the Republicans took back control of the House. Okay, they've been a disaster. Okay, we're not thrilled. That's why we want new blood in the House. That's why I'm having a guy on in this hour that's running as a potential representative from the 3rd Congressional District of Ohio, of Long Island, excuse me, New York. Okay, we need better than what we have right now. The guys do I think are great in Congress. I have them on my show all the time because you want to build around that foundation if you truly care about the institution. We don't get on here and just shill for a party because, to be honest with you, neither party has done anything worthy of our shilling. But when you see Joe Scarborough getting to a place that's so emotional for him that he's willing to tell his voters, his viewers, that Donald Trump is going to imprison people and execute people if they disagree with him, okay, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And there's nothing to back it up factually. Put up or shut up. He can't. He can't put up. Look at his record. That's what he's going to do. Here he is talking about fascism. It's clip 13. If you want to be fair, then you will frame this uh, as uh, Joe Biden being a candidate that supports American democracy and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here that's authoritarian. It's really that simple. And by the way, Reverend Allen, people go, oh, you can't compare him to past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, What hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time, or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump. That was absolutely dreadful. Joe Scarborough, man, seriously. You are a sad, strange little man. Okay, he's telling you, I don't want to hear about the comparison to Hitler. People say, oh, you can't go comparing someone to a Nazi. And then Joe Scarborough says, oh, but I can compare him to a (laughs) Nazi. Dude, Trump's family converted to Judaism. Okay, his daughter, his prized possession, the thing he cherishes most in this world is Jewish. I don't know how many historians we have in the audience, but I'd venture to say a great majority of you know that Hitler wasn't letting his family convert to Judaism. That's true. That is true. (laughs) Never mind that Trump is out there declaring his unilateral support for Israel. Okay, but you've got Joe Scarborough saying Trump is a Nazi. Guys, I'm going to be honest. If Hitler was alive right now, 
He's not on the Trump side of the argument with Israel. He is all the way in the tank for Hamas. That is correct. So why is this so emotional for Joe Scarborough, you ask? Because that's what's happening. When you deal from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you you sound like an idiot. We've all gotten into arguments and said things we didn't mean because we were not informed. We were speaking from this other place that clouded our judgment. That's Joe Scarborough every single time he gets in front of a microphone and the word Donald Trump comes up. But here's why he's so mad. Here's why they're back to Nazism and fascism and Trump's literally going to execute his opponents. That's what he said. Such an idiot. Okay, but here's why. It's because Biden is getting his ass handed to them in the polls. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. It's getting emotional because he's starting to feel that feeling seep back into his life where Trump very well might be the leader of the free world again, and he may be even more reduced in stature than he already is. Nobody takes Joe Scarborough seriously. He's a circus clown. <laughs> just, it's just really like an embarrassment to the profession. But here he is trying to dismiss the fact that Biden has no polling support and claiming that David Axelrod is only calling Biden out because he never respected him to begin with. You see, it's personal. The only problem with him calling it personal is David Axelrod... Okay, is not the one being polled and showing that 75 percent of the country thinks we're going in the wrong direction. Okay, it's the country that feels that way. But here is Scarborough giving it the old college try. David Axelrod is uh, my friend. Mika uh, is friends with David Axelrod. Uh, I do feel, though, it would be really unfair to our viewers if we didn't tell them the truth about David Axelrod's relationship with Joe Biden. He's never respected him. He's always talked badly about him. He trashed him in 2020. He said he was too old in 2019, said he wasn't going to win in 2020. And so, again, it's okay. That is certainly his business. But to act, I mean, I love Maureen as well. I love everybody. But to act as if David Axelrod criticizing Joe Biden on or off the record is breaking news is laughable. So understand... Okay, when he says something like that, it's laughable that David Axelrod is talking about Biden trailing well beyond the margin of error in every key state. The only state Biden's ahead in right now is a state of dementia, to be clear. Biden's lost his marbles. And Joe Scarborough is right there with him. A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to get to your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons uh, as the show goes on. Uh, Tom Ludwig, running for Congress in the great state of New York, joins us next. But right now, Vinny is on the line in Hartford, Connecticut. Vinny! Jimmy, how you doing, Jimmy? I'm good, man. I'm, do- I'm doing better than Joe Scarborough, man. He's losing it over there. Oh, man. They're terrible. You know that we have had some really great local news anchors here in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Gail King which is Oprah's best friend, you know who Gail King is. We also had Mika Brzezinski, you know, who you just talked about. Mm -hmm. But best of all, we had Todd Pyro. Have you ever heard of that guy, (laughs) Todd Pyro? Todd Pyro hosting this show tomorrow, baby. You don't say. Really? (laughs) 
That isn't that great. We actually had him on NBC 30 here. I remember him a long, long time ago. Oh, that's funny. So, um, yeah, yeah. Power's yeah. a good dude. I was on his TV show this morning, and uh, he is filling in tomorrow while I pull my family together for Thanksgiving. Should be a fun one. Did you tell Mikey you had heard Mika Brzezinski on the radio up there? Oh, he. She's. T- I. She. She used to just. She was an anchor here, mm-hmm. and she was very generic. You know, mm-hmm. because it was just local it was just local you know local news but like i used to watch msnbc i'm one of those guys i mean i was a liberal socialist and i just i can't believe how bad her and joe have gotten i mean for him to actually say he was a republican that's his stick or whatever he claims Mm -hmm. but they're just terrible lying people and that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's, so, it's, 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 when, it's when it gets that terrible. emotional, like it's hard to take them seriously. He's like he's literally saying Trump's going to round people up and execute them. He goes, just look at his track record. I'm like, okay, I'm looking. Where are the Where are the executions? I mean, have you? T- and, and, go ahead. And they're actually together, right? Are they together? They're supposedly a couple, but they don't even do the show in the same location most days, which means they've oh, probably gotcha. they've probably grown as weary of each other as the rest of us have. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough watch. I mean, the only people I know watching that show are terrorists being interrogated in Guantanamo Bay. I mean, once you get past that, it. it is the new waterboarding. But once you get past that, there's really no reason to watch. Um, I can't believe they're they're on a national show. Yeah, I, just, I just can't believe it. Well, to be fair, but I mean, you know I'm on I, a, I am on a national show, so let's not act like the bar's that high. I kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but listen, I got a campaign slogan for Joe Biden. Give Do you want to hear his 2024 campaign slogan? Give it to me. It's Joe Biden 2024. Don't, don't. Don't. And you could whisper it if you want, you know. So. Hey, Jimmy, happy Thanksgiving. You take care, okay? You too, my man. Gobble, gobble. I'll see you soon, Vinny. Great call. Uh, more of your calls and a future congressman going to join us in the next break as well. we got a lot to get to. It's crowded dance card on a big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America. My man, Tom Ludwig. Uh, running for Congress in the 3rd Congressional District on Long Island, a Division Blue Dragon, like myself, joining us in studio. The Levittown Factor about to go through the roof when we come back. There it is, Fox Across America. With Jimmy Fallon, a guy who likes to consider himself the pride of Division Avenue High School. But my star could rapidly be eclipsed by this next guest, who is a decorated uh, U.S. Special Forces lieutenant, retired uh, Army Special Forces lieutenant. Did I get that right? It's, uh, lieutenant and Colonel. Tha- oh, sir. Just wow. Look at that. And he is a candidate uh, for the Republican nomination for New York's third congressional district. I am talking about the great Tom Ludwig. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Wow, amped up, ladies, with the panty throwing. Ladies, this is a live show. We don't have anyone here who can clean that up on the air. Who am I kidding? It was fellas. But Ludwig, great to see you, man. Jimmy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, of course, your website, LudwigForCongress.com. Okay, you have served this country valiantly, and we thank you for that. Uh, What motivated you uh, when you got back here to the mainland to go into politics? So it's been interesting. So... Uh, you know, I just retired from the Army. I, I wanted to continue to serve my country. And uh, I started my Army career just a couple of months before 9-11. Mm-hmm. So my whole career was, was combat. So I did one Iraq, three Afghanistan, three in South America. And then uh, 
after I retired, I was I was at Harvard. I was studying public administration, so I was I was thinking about it anyway. But it was really. But you went to you went to Harvard for one of your degrees. I, I don't yes. mean to compete. I went to Harvard State. I well, didn't quite get into it. Yeah. Well, I started at Nassau. So yeah, you did. Nassau community in the house. All right, continue. I actually had a lower GPA at Nassau than I did at Harvard. Is so. that true? Yeah. I, I actually got a 4.0 at Nassau. Really? With blood alcohol. <laughs> not, not GPA, different story, but continue. But uh, yeah, and then once once I saw it was Santos, mm-hmm. the, it was from our district, you know, the stars kind of aligned. And then it was just the fact that it's my friends and family not being represented. Yeah. You know, he's kicked up, you know, he's essentially a joke. And this was mm-hmm. before the the Botox and OnlyFans. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, with the military, you know, I was, I was part of two wars that didn't really accomplish their strategic objectives. And I, I just kind of felt the country is, is heading downhill, both domestically and internationally. Mm-hmm. So for me, this job, you know, I get to make the country stronger through foreign policy and national security, as well as represent my friends and family from home. So yes. it's, it's the perfect. We're talking to Tom Ludwig, uh, the website ludwigforcongress.com. Uh, now, where I see you at a huge advantage is obviously your background of serving the country and caring about the country. I knew where you grew up. You know, you grew up in my town, Levittown, where we were the biggest post-World War II community for GIs returning home from the war. We grew up around the greatest generation. Uh, we basically grew up around a lot of old men you shouldn't make a sudden move around. <laughs> Played a lot of basketball, drank a lot of beer, and probably got beat up a little bit. You got smacked around as a kid, right? Yeah, my dad was strict, but uh, it was good. It no, better for it. I mean, look at you, okay? You're, you're a military hero. You're running for Congress. I'd say it works. Beat your kids, folks. Uh, I kid. That is not the official viewpoint of Ludwig for Congress. But the point is, uh, I do know you're uniquely qualified in that regard, that we were, li- we were raised in Levittown with a lot of perspective in terms of how lucky we are to live here. So do you feel like as a guy who left the country for 25 years, is that what you said it was? You hadn't lived back on Long Island in 25 years? Yes. Okay, and you were serving and you were abroad and you did all these combat tours. Do you basically feel like you came back to a different country than the one you left? Is that what it is? I would say yes, but it's interesting where, you know, I'd always visit Long Island. So my friends and family are still here. So I'd always kind of see it and you see it change over time. Mm -hmm. But I do think the country's kind of changed, like their perspectives and some of the arguments it's – you can just tell that they haven't really been outside the country or, yeah. or they don't really understand how good they have it. Yeah, that's definitely – there's definitely a gratitude problem in this country right now. Like everybody thinks we're under attack and we're oppressed and you know a lot of the things we're protests get laughed at on the other side of the world. So in that regard, you have you know I think a good footing here in this race. My concern is you know I know Santos isn't running now. But you're still attempting to fill the shoes of a guy who's not only a Holocaust survivor, he personally caught Bigfoot and swam with the Loch Ness Monster. Now, do you think you have that depth of knowledge? Uh, you know, with the five degrees, but no, not, not, <laughs> not that knowledge. When you think of how many people Santos rescued during the sinking of the Titanic, do you feel like anything in your military acumen can compete with that? Yeah, you know, that the Combat Valor Award and Santos, it's hard to compare, <laughs> but, uh, you know... We're talking to Tom Ludwig, uh, the website ludwigforcongress.com. Uh, he is running for the Republican nomination for New York's 3rd Congressional District. How have you liked uh, campaigning so far? Have you gotten to get out and meet people yet, or are you just kind of starting to roll out? So it's interesting. So as a candidate, like the, the governing leadership part, I, I got it. I'm, yeah. I'm the best one there. But the campaign, I don't really know what I'm doing, so I'm figuring it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Though. And it's it's interesting talking to the people because the Army's, you know, you know, kind of the right wing, and then Harvard was very left. So I've I've gotten all the arguments, but really learning how Long Islanders and New Yorkers see things because you know we do have a different perspective. And I do think growing up in Levittown was good, where it's 
the definition of middle class was yep. the first. So, you know, you kind of see it all. So um, it, it is interesting just to see how everybody views things and, and how they view the issues. And then, you know, you can just tell some of the information is a little off. But, you know, most people, they, they love this country, and, and especially in New York where it's – they just want to be represented. They just want to live their lives uh-huh. and, and uh, you know, not be held back. And, you know, I think – Kind of get the government out of the way. Yeah. I know, think that's the biggest problem right now is like the government. It's funny because when you come to the issue of like pro-choice, pro-life, okay, one of the things Democrats like to say is like, you know, the government needs to stay out of our bedroom, which fine if that's how they feel. Okay, it's America. You can feel whatever you want. But they have the government in every room of our house right now. Like these are the light bulbs. This is the car you can drive. This is the stove you can use. So would you say that you're probably more in favor as a candidate of limited or less government? Yes. Okay. So what do you think then, knowing all this to be true – is there a signature issue uh, for a Ludwig uh, congressional bid, or is it just kind of an all-skate? And disregard the construction happening under our studio right now. It sounds like they're building a Hamas tunnel, as I told you off the air. Uh, but is there a signature focus for you right now? So my background, um, you know, foreign policy was a big thing for me. And then, you know, when I was in South America, I was in seven special forces groups. So that was our section of the world. So. At one point, I commanded all special ops at Central America, so I know the migration thing too. So that aspect, but now I'm focusing on like my friends and family and, and Long mm-hmm. Island. So you know, it's really like inflation, cost of living, and, and then the migration crisis. Yeah, because the migration crisis ultimately does affect the cost of living and inflation and all the infrastructure and everything in between. Do you think on some level the average person is I, I, I almost blissfully ignorant to the threat posed to this country by the border situation we're currently involved in? Uh, they are uh, because it's it's nice to say, you know, the idealism, you know, we should all come in and that's fine. And, you know, I think, you know, America is a beacon of freedom. We, we should encourage that. But there has to be rule of law and there has to be yeah. some sort of monitoring. And then people don't understand, too, with, you know, I've worked these cartels. These cartels are formidable and they spend hundreds of millions of dollars on counterintelligence. And then the human trafficking, the fentanyl, I mean, it, it's – you know, it's a major threat to yeah. this country. Yeah, it's become like a billion-dollar industry at the southern border. And then, you know, when you talk about fentanyl and you talk about the the people, uh, it's a humanitarian crisis. And the truth is what happened in politics is, like, people got really lazy, okay, while you were, you know, overseas saving the world. Everybody back here, for real, they really reduced political discourse down to just basic black – like, everything is devoid of nuance now. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. But it's like, yeah, if you want to secure the border, you must be racist. But like, no, actually, no, the border's just the front door of the house, and we all lock the front door at night because you just want to know who's coming in and out. Tom Ludwig gets it. He's running for Congress, ludwigforcongress.com. You can go there and donate. You can support his campaign. Uh, let me ask you this, okay? Knowing you grew up in Levittown, you played basketball, you're a good shooter. Are you a better shooter in the military, a better shooter in high school sports? In the military. Think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Because Lovell, you're a good shooter. You, you posted up. Yeah, yeah, we we had a good run in division. You know, we didn't win at all, but I think the first we made the playoffs for like the first time in twenty years. That's not nothing. And uh, I'll always remember that it was junior year. I remember like uh before the, the game, I remember mm-hmm. it was like the it was like a keg thing. Oh and wow. They didn't let anybody in in the game, so it was we finally made the playoffs after 20 years. There was nobody in the stands because <laughs> we're drinking at 8, eight in the we, morning. We the were, uh, to be clear, what Ludwig is alluding to, uh, I'm not running for Congress so I can own this behavior, okay, is our high school basketball team had made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. Uh, the old adage in sports is act like you've been there before. By it, uh, they don't mean the bar, uh, but we very much brought the bar to the parking lot. We were at the Summit Lane Elementary School. 
property which is connected to our Division Avenue High School. A bunch of us got naturally. I mean, you're in the playoffs. You tailgate. <laughs> it's a Saturday morning basketball game, and we we fashioned a keg of beer in the Summit Lane parking lot, and I do believe we were able to finish all of it by game time, but for some reason we're denied access to the stadium to watch the game. I mean, what happened to home court advantage? Exactly. And, you know, to be clear, like in baseball, we had a home court advantage. We heckled to the point that it was influencing the outcome of sporting events, so much so that the late great Doug Robbins, uh, from Memorial Day 1995, this is a true story, Dennis Schneider, tell you this, Dennis Schneider, who won the Diamond Award in high school for his prowess as a lefty pitcher mm-hmm. okay on memorial day through a no hitter struck out 15 batters from garden city high school and i got the game ball from the coach for heckling and now i may or may not have had a keg at the summit lane park a lot before that game too but the point is we got to win this game ludwig so you I, were the best heckler bar none I mean, it was <laughs> it was classic I, I remember just laughing in the stand that's that's kind of like how i got my start in any form of public broadcasting is that was the original like megaphone you were just in the stands as a fat kid uh, with a spiked Slurpee. It was usually like gin and like a Coca-Cola Slurpee or some blue raspberry stupidity. And then we were just disrupting teams. But it worked. So I guess the question I'm posing here is I've had you on the radio on 155 stations. They're watching you on Fox Nation. Uh, should the next step of campaign support be showing up and heckling your opponents at their rallies? That that would be fun. I, I do like the fundraisers with that keg aspect. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> we'll have a kegger, a solo cup fundraiser. But I imagine with Santos, it's easy to heckle. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, I mean, listen, man. Uh, you have a very unique story that I think is a story we need to see more of, you know, when it comes to, you know, government. It's people that have literally fought the ground war, okay, who come with an appreciation for why we were fighting and maybe for sometimes where we didn't have the correct reason for fighting and maybe shouldn't have been there or maybe didn't achieve, like you said, the strategic goal. But if the strategic goal is to have somebody in Congress who can represent the needs and interests of working class people, then I am very confident in the mission. I don't know if I should co-sign this keg party thing yet. I think that's the next interview. Was this fun? Was it crazy enough that you'd never do it again, or would you come back? Oh, I'd absolutely come back. Even if it meant riding the Long Island Railroad a second time? It's it's an interesting experience for people watching. <laughs> well, this time of day, it's weird because it's not as crowded. But if you get, if you stayed in the city late enough tonight, you really wanted to, like, raise your self-esteem, you know, that 3 a.m. train to Ronkonkoma, like, you'll get off that train feeling like you should be running for higher office than Congress. That was always the issue when... You know, younger when you party in the city, it's catching that train home, yeah, yeah. and then one person's got to stay awake, or you're going to wake up. <laughs> you're so. going to wake up in pen. I'm telling you, folks, he has lived the life. He is a retired U.S. Army Special Forces Lieutenant Colonel from Levittown, the first suburb, the best suburb. It's LudwigForCongress.com. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Back after this. You're listening to the most relatable man on the radio. Best way to describe him is to say he's the typical boy next door. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you've been listening to the show for the past 48 hours, you know I am very smitten with the audience that received me down in Naples, Florida this past weekend. Just a gorgeous town, phenomenal stand-up crowds. You cannot offend a Florida audience. Believe me, I tried everything I could. 
Uh, joining me now, a lovely woman I met after the show who was a member of that audience and has a very deep and personal connection to the border crisis. Uh, I am talking about Andrea in Bonita Springs, Florida. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. Way to uh, keep your campaign promise uh, and call into the show. <laughs> And Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. You better believe it. It was nice to meet. Was that your husband that I met as well? It was. Okay. We took, How did the pictures yeah. come out, most importantly for me? They're perfect. I put them on your Facebook page, so look in your messages. Yeah, you <laughs> did. All right. I'll go. I will check them out for sure. I'm, get, I'm still getting okay. caught up on all of that because that I'm telling you, those crowds were so awesome, so rowdy that uh, I'm still like a little out of sorts because my head is in Naples. But as you would imagine on broadcast television and radio, I can't yeah. behave the way we did in Naples. You dig? Uh, no, and because some of my friends, well, actually the president and the founder of the group that I run, the Fentanyl Awareness Group I run, was like, how was this show? And I'm like, I can't tell. <laughs> he went so far further, and it was so funny. It was just the best evening. It was just a great time. You were wonderful. Oh, stop it, Andrea. You spoil me rotten. <laughs> well, all right, listen, I know you call in good spirits, but the subject is very heavy. Uh, you were explaining to me outside the show, and this is why I begged you to call in. Uh, you lost your daughter to a fentanyl overdose. Is that what, That's how you explained it to me? I did, and and it kind of you kind of have to start at the beginning yes. when you're talking about this fentanyl crisis, mm -hmm. because as we all, I mean, we all have. There's 300 children a day that not children, young Americans, mm -hmm. age 14 to 45. It's the leading cause of death now. We lose over 300 Americans a day to China's fentanyl that is processed into fake pills by Mexico, and so, you know, my daughter. Um, her story is very like very very common with many people that end up with a substance use disorder. She had electric elective surgery for a high school graduation present mm -hmm. and was given oxy for recovery mm -hmm. and that's how she became addicted. Wow. And um, when that got to be too expensive to buy oxy pills on the market, she switched to heroin. Oh goodness! And which is the same high. If you've ever watched uh, Dope Sick or, or any mm -hmm. of those any of the, the documentary films that are out now on the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma, you'll mm -hmm. you'll realize that that is all by design. And um, when that became too expensive to buy the street pills. She went to heroin, which is basically oxy mm -hmm. in liquid form. And, um, it, you know, and you think about it, Jimmy, because back in the day, I'm old enough that I can remember our Vietnam vets. And when they came back, they were – a lot of them had were addicted to heroin. But at that time, there was no fentanyl in our drug yep. supply. So they were able to live as heroin addicts for 15, 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. People need to be aware – that now every illicit drug that you can buy out there, including street weed, is made intentionally and purposely with fentanyl. Mm -hmm. And is that – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just continue. No, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. You go ahead. No, I, I, I just think that's a reality that a lot of people are you know, unaware of is that – you know, we're not living at a time where recreational drug use is sustainable anymore. And I think what happens is a lot of people hear the term overdose and they don't understand that someone's actually been poisoned. It's not about taking too much. Yes, thank you so much for saying that because that was a big thing for – we call ourselves angel moms and angel dads, those mm -hmm. of us who have lost children um, due to this fentanyl crisis. And that was a big deal was, was you, you still fight stigma 
yeah. with a drug death, whether it is it is yeah, by design by mm -hmm. China and Mexico, right, mm -hmm. or whether it's an addict. Yeah, who, but it's the last thing you need to be dealing with. I'm not cutting you off. It's just that we're under a minute before the commercial break, dear. I'm sorry. And I talk no, like no, 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 no. This is uh, <laughs> you have an open forum to call back into the show again and discuss it further because we want to raise awareness to this because there are a lot of parents mm -hmm. out there that don't recognize um the gravity of the threat and i think the indifference to securing the border and allowing this fentanyl to come into the country is why so many people like yourself find yourself in this unimaginably horrific position you find yourself in uh, well a hundred percent and plus people need to realize too that even if by some miracle we do end up getting control of the border there's enough fentanyl here now in the united yep. states to kill 75 percent of the world of the population for sure and, of the world. and and to be clear no one needs that we all have a lot to live for especially if we happen to be friends with you andrea great call girlfriend we will do it again you hang in there sweetheart live from everywhere usa it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. boom there it is and here we go big hour coming your way on fox across america with jimmy Fallon, an audio safe space for cool people. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to vote the way I do. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. It is not a political talk show. It is not a Republican talk show. It is an American talk show. Freedom! Where we tell you every day the only real rule on the program is that you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat, okay? The only thing we don't tolerate. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. That is it, Snookums. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, in between. Just don't be a <laughs> Boom. There it is. Folks, you live in this country. You hit the lottery. You don't know that in your day-to-day -day struggles, okay? We, you know, we all face adversity in our individual lives, uh, you know, and I've been on every end of it. Okay, uh, you know, as a cab driver, I've been broke enough that, you know, forget having money in the bank. I was broke enough to not have a bank. Okay, we were going to the bank of Nike. Our money was in a shoebox. We were hoping to work our way up to Reebok with a couple fortuitous bounces of the ball. So I get it. But there was not a moment of that time of great economic peril where I wasn't, you know, overwhelmed with gratitude for the things I did have at my disposal. Mainly the freedom uh, and the spectacular possibilities of life that come from living in this country. And more important on an individual level is just having Jenny and Lincoln in the family and having that perspective. Like you might look at my life now and think it's more fun uh, than it was 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because we were just having a good time. We're very good at enjoying ourselves. And there's no rule that says you can't go out there right now and have the funniest night of your life, no matter how much adversity you're facing, no matter how much you're struggling in your personal life or your professional life right now. There is no rule that says tonight can't be the coolest night of your life. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Just perspective, man. Get out there. Live your best life. That's why the show is trying so hard to be a force multiplier of positive energy when it comes to our political discourse. We just need more of it. Um, and that is my superpower. It's the fact that I don't have one, but I come from a lot of fun people uh, who have a lot of perspective and great work ethics. I mean, my grandmother, my mom's mother, it's a crazy story, uh, was a smoker into, late into her adult life. OK, and uh, it caught up to her so much so that they had to amputate her leg. But sadly, uh, they amputated 
the wrong one. What the hell did you just say? True story. So they had to go back in uh, for another round of fun with power tools uh, and amputate uh, the second leg, at which point my grandma became a double amputee later in life. Okay. Did she stop going to the racetrack? The answer would be no. Did she stop hosting card games? The answer would be no. Did she stop driving? The answer would be no. No, my grandma got her car. She had a Granada. I hate to show off. I know nobody likes a bowler. You don't want me to just pistol whip you with our prosperity. <laughs> but she had like a 1980 Oldsmobile Granada that she had specially equipped with hand controls and could still even go to the Bronx and watch Yankee games. I mean, she needed help getting in and out of the car, uh, but she would drive to the grocery store. She would go to C-Town. That was a local grocery store on Post Avenue in Westbury. And she continued to live her best life with no legs. Okay. And yes, yeah, she had prosthetics back then, but, uh, you know. It was the infancy stages of prosthetics, so they weren't exactly easy to use or put on. They weighed 8,000 pounds, and sadly, she fell off of them and broke her hip when she was trying to learn how to walk. Okay, she had a chairlift in the back of her house that she fell off of a few times, and because she couldn't get herself back up and go anywhere, she pulled out her handkerchief and polished her wheelchair. That's a true story. My grandmother, who bet a lot of horses, the last thing she actually did on earth. This is crazy. This is a real story. If anyone in my family is listening, they'll tell you this is true. Uh, The last thing my grandmother did on this earth was pick a horse in the Kentucky Derby, uh... And then dropped dead. It was the last thing she did. Listen to this. This is bananas. Okay. My grandma had had a series of strokes. She was at the Winthrop Hospital. It was the Friday before the Kentucky Derby. And uh, my uncle Sonny, uh, the late great uncle Sonny, uh, had a race form, had a copy of the Daily News sitting on the tray at the hospital. Uh, My grandma had gone through an aneurysm in her shoulder. She was dealing with blood clots. She had had a series of strokes. And uh, she went into a state of cardiac arrest, surrounded by a few members of the family, myself, my cousin Di, my mom, my Aunt Fran, Uncle Sonny was there. I don't remember who else in a fog of war type deal. Uh, But my Uncle Sonny looked at her as she was literally going into cardiac arrest and said, Mom, the race, at which point this woman circled a horse called Grindstone that was being ridden by Jerry Bailey. And the next day came back in the biggest comeback in the history of the Kentucky Derby and won against a horse called Cavanier in a photo finish. You could look it up. The last thing she did was pick the winner of the Kentucky Derby. And you think of the level of inspiration. You think of just how, in, how much that informed my outlook on life and my perspective going forward in the world that I knew from that day on. My grandma had a huge gambling problem. I mean, seriously, she couldn't even take time out to die. She had to send in one more bet for the road. That's the type of quality people I come from in this house. (laughs) But the truth is, I also walked away from that going like, wow. You really are in the fun business. You know, if you die tomorrow, you're not going to wish you got in another Twitter argument. You're going to wish you had more fun. That's why we try to sit here on the radio every day and kind of give you hard news in a light fashion because I want you to go forth in the world and be a force multiplier of positive energy. I don't want you to hate the people you disagree with. Somebody asked me the other night at the stand-up show. uh, One of the Q&As on the Saturday shows was about Jessica Tarloff, who's on this show quite a bit. And they're like, how much do you guys hate Jessica Tarloff? And I was like, we love Jessica Tarloff. Like, you guys might be listening and be like, how dare you? But you have to understand, liberals are not your enemies in this country. We all live in the same country as it goes, we go. 
Okay, we might have disagreements on policy and the issues we prioritize, but at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. You might be a Democrat, I might be a Republican, but at the end of the day, we're all American. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. And if you really wanted to see this country turn itself around, we'd go a lot further towards leaning into the fun factor than the furious factor. That's why I resent so much of the talk radio I hear every day. Is everybody, we're under attack! The enemy! We gotta own the libs! What is that? That's not broadcasting. That's militant activism. And it's why sometimes talk radio gets a bad reputation. Okay, this is supposed to be a form of entertainment. It's supposed to be a form of enlightened and respectful discourse. Uh, It's a companion. It's a buddy cop movie. I say that all the time. Radio shows work, okay, when they're good buddy cops. And, you know, buddy cop movie, it begins with, you know, a guy getting a new partner in the car, and he's got to decide whether or not he can ride along with this new partner and fight crime. And, of course, it always starts out difficult. One guy doesn't like the other guy's music. They have different backgrounds. They have a different way of policing. One guy's a hard-nosed by-the-book guy. The other guy shows up late. You know, he's covered in glitter, and he smells like strippers. Hubba, hubba. Okay, and the straight-laced guy has to figure out how he can meet him in the middle, or maybe they can't. That's what radio is. You get into the car. You hear a new partner's voice coming out of the speaker, and you've got to decide whether or not you can ride along with that guy and fight crime. Okay, and that's where talk radio succeeds, as in giving people a good companion that leaves them in a better mood for having them. If every single day you turn off the radio and you're pissed, and now you're mad at your wife or your kid, you know what I mean? Friggin' Obama! Okay, listen, I'll be honest with you. Obama wasn't the best president in the world. Don't be thick, all right? Okay, he wasn't the worst president in the world, okay? And he wasn't always honest with us. If you like your doctor... You will be able to keep your doctor. Okay. But but Obama is also not the root cause of most of your problems. Uh, He is the source of uh, most of the problems in the Middle East right now with his funding for Iran. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay. But the point is people have given politics too much power over their lives. The fact remains that in this country, anybody listening to the show can go out and do anything right now. Okay. I'm talking to you as a guy that was a cab driver. And again, I had no money, but I had a good time, man. I had such a good time that when people always ask you, like, wow, how'd you go from this to that? What was that like? I've got to be honest with you. As hard as it was, like, I understood the hours I was putting in. I know how hard I have to work to be where I am, but I didn't really feel it because I was too busy enjoying myself to sit around and lament the difficulties of the adversities. I mean, the truth is most people around the world don't have the shot Okay, whether it works out for you or not, whether you recognize your dreams or not, the one thing you have going for you here that most people around the world don't have is you're going to get into the game and get a swing at the bat, okay? Most people don't have that. They don't have the right to life, liberty, and that pursuit of happiness, okay? They don't have the ability to get out of bed and be like, I can accomplish anything I want and I can work until it happens, okay? We have that here. So as much as our political discourse is contentious, as much as I hate the policies on the other side of the aisle, the reason I'm always in such an unapologetically pro-American mood is because you have the ability to make this country do whatever you want it to do on your behalf. He knows what he's talking about. When it comes to Thanksgiving... You want to have a good Thanksgiving, you can do it. You know, you might have to bring a couple of extra bucks to the grocery store, 
because they're not exactly killing it on the economy right now. Biden sucks. Oh, he's a disaster. We're going to talk to Brian Brenberg about it in this hour. But it doesn't mean you don't have a lot to be thankful for. It doesn't mean there aren't a lot of things you can enjoy. Okay, hell, the Detroit Lions, who play every year on Thanksgiving, are actually sitting at like 8-2 and right now. Okay, the last time we saw the Lions win anything was in the Roman Coliseum. (laughs) They were were eating people as an actual football team. My God, you never see that. That's exciting. Okay, the Cowboys are hot as always. I mean, I understand it's going to change. The playoffs are going to come, and we all know how that always works out for the Cowboys. That one might come back to bite me December 9th when I go to Texas Music City in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> right there on old Jacksonville Highway in Tyler. Come on down. We can talk football. Or can we? But the point is you have a lot to be thankful for, okay? And as we head into the Thanksgiving break, which for me, I am off tomorrow, girlfriend. I am gone. I'm never off off. I've got to do radio hits with the stations who carry the show and got to tape all kinds of TV and working on the documentary for my book. But the point is you won't hear me on the radio tomorrow. You will hear the great Todd Pyro. But wherever I happen to be, wherever you happen to go, uh, as we pass each other like ships in the night, the one thing both boats should be filled with is gratitude. If you live in this country, you have hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you're here. So you may look out at your bank account and think you have nothing to be thankful for or your personal life or your love life or whatever the hell is going on right now. But the fact remains you have the ability. There is no rule that says you can't turn it around. Okay, we live in a country where your attitude uniquely defines your experience. You have a good attitude, you generally have a good life. You have a bad attitude, there's no saving you. We all know people worth tens of millions of dollars who kill themselves. Okay, because their outlook goes to a bad place, and I understand there, but for the grace of God go I. And we all know plenty of broke people having the best time imaginable. And if you don't believe me, you've never hung out with my family. Okay, we're broke most of our lives. Okay, you know, when Lincoln was born, basically we took Jenny to the hospital. She got a scheduled C-section because it was getting close to Thanksgiving. Most of the medical staff wanted the day off. Plus, let's be honest, uh, he wasn't the smallest baby in the world. Shut your mouth. I'm not disparaging you, Link, man. Shut up. The point is, big kid. So they had a scheduled C because he was 10 pounds, 10 ounces. And then they revised that to 10 pounds, 7 ounces. But the point is, big kid, scheduled C. And uh, what was I doing within 24 hours of him coming out? It's going back to work. Okay? I'll never forget Jenny coming back to Long Island uh, with Lincoln, they took mass transit, went to the hospital. She had him in a kid carrier. She went and got like her checkup because you have a lot of checkups in the beginning. And then they came back to Penn Station with the baby in the car carrier. I drove them up to our apartment on 102nd Street, uh, popped the trunk to get the diaper bag out of the back, helped her into the house, hazards on, trunk open, come back to the car, and they wrote me a parking ticket. That's just how white folks will do you. And yeah, it sucked for a minute, but do you think I let it ruin my day? The answer would be no. No, we're not in the ruin our day business. We're in the fun business every second of our lives. So if you think it sucks, okay, I'm sure you can point to many reasons why it does, but there's no rule that says you can't come up with that many more reasons why it doesn't, because you live in America. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Brian Brenberg is coming up, but his opening act is on the road somewhere. Did I read Topeka, Kansas, Michael? You are, you are absolutely correct, sir, where it's windy and 45 degrees, but a beautiful day in Kansas. Oh, I will take it, Dorothy. Sounds like fun to me. <laughs> well, happy Friday to you, my friend. Oh, wait. <laughs> Well, it is Friday for you, right? I mean, come Listen, on. Listen, just to be clear, I am never off. Like, I'll be doing TV and radio and filling in for Gutfeld on Friday. If you don't see me on the radio, like, I, I would love there to be a day where, like, I wasn't on the radio and I was actually just, like, not doing anything. But I do everything. The only thing I get a break from is trimming Geraldo's mustache because he left the network. <laughs> So that's it. Talk about a talk about a bonus. Oh, hey, holy crap! Listen, we'll hey, be tr- look, yeah, go ahead, Michael. Jimmy, even given all the current craziness, you're right. We all have so much to be thankful for. I just wanted to tell you that your show is one of the things that I'm so thankful for. <laughs> Having some fun, making people laugh, is priceless these days. So thank you and all the people behind the scenes. Yeah, Y'all we, are fantastic. No, I th- and thank you. We need to clone you and all of those lot lizards you're riding around with. Uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, careful, careful. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so look, I want you to put on your stretch pants, <laughs> belly up to the Fela table on Ooh. Thursday, and celebrate being in one of the best countries on the face of this earth. You, God bless you, you man. damn right we and will, your man. Family. Yeah, you and your, you and your family as well. All I will say, though, is wardrobe is never going to let you call into the show again if you tell me to keep eating. So if this is all we have, I kid, Michael, you're the best. There he goes. <laughs> if they, he said he said belly up to the to the table. Dude, they put a shock collar around me when I leave here today. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, pass the rolls. <laughs> Ow! That's how it works, man. They run a tight ship. We need that type of security at the border. Jordan's down in Tyler, Texas. He can tell you all about it. Jordan! How's it going, Jimmy? It's going, man. I'm going to be there December 9th. Are you going to be in the hood? Well, I will. Uh, unfortunately, I will be setting up for a show oh, of mine. We uh, talked about this later right? that you're, night. You're playing at the other yeah. Texas Music City. Is that true? Mm, no, no, no. It's going to be in Mineola at the Historic Select Theater. Ooh, uh, the I remember you mentioning. Continuous, yeah, it's the oldest continuous working music uh, uh, theater in the state of Texas. That's rad. Good for you. So, uh, anyways, that's one of the reasons why I want to call because once you get done, you know bumping elbows with the locals over there you come over and take a listen to our band there you go start at eight o'clock Ooh. We do a little bit of do some covers some originals it's gonna be like a christmas theme so we're gonna be doing some christmas songs oh that's badass man uh, um so you, and, and you, if you don't have a good time there are bars walking distance that you could go and drink away what you just heard <laughs> if it was the worst thing you've ever heard <laughs> Oh, I think this is all amazing stuff. Listen, uh, we do need more entertainment options in our lives here in the Fela family because all we do is eat at Bucky's when we go to Texas. Uh, Bucky's, Country Tavern, you know, all the good stuff. Brisket love, all of it. Um, listen, I know you had a point about the border. I promise I'll make it for you with Brian Bremberg because we're 10 seconds from a commercial break. But happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. All right, Jordan? I do appreciate it. Thank My you. man, there he goes. The great Jordan. Go see him in Mineola, Texas on Saturday night, December 9th when you get done with me. How about it? There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting with a little extra pep. It is my Friday. 
Uh, I'm not off tomorrow. I'll be radio. I've still got to wash the windows here, floors 42 through 45. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was at the tree lighting with this next guest. And if you are a fan of Fox News, you know that we have traditionally two tree lightings a year. Uh, there's one where we light it, and then some good Samaritan comes along 10 to 14 days later. We have lighting number two. Uh, joining me now, a man who is a very prominent figure in lighting number one, uh, the host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business, Brian Brenberg in the house. Hey, man. I am just glad that you were there, of course, dressed to the nines. To the nines. I mean, uh, the tie matching the jacket is not something you see often. That was a look. I mean, that's a look for sure. Yeah. But uh, it was great when you took the shot at the police chief. That was a, <laughs> like, at a, you know, at a tree lighting, you think about those moments and you're like, you know, there's, at the police chief, sir, I should take a shot. <laughs> and, take and a shot the, did it. At the first responders. <laughs> Uh, if you didn't see it, I was hosting in fine fashion, as in I will probably get fined for wearing that fashion. <laughs> uh, but Brenberg was there with a mic in his face, young Timmy Brenberg on the dais as well. Now, Timmy is still at an age where he could be trusted around that many cable news starlets. <laughs> Did you notice whose son was not on the podium yesterday? I, I was wondering about that. Timmy was looking forward to chatting with, with the Link Man. Yeah. But all six foot five of Lincoln fail at Camp here. I mean, those are cable news starlets. I don't want to be the guy who gets in trouble. <laughs> now, Lincoln, he's pretty well behaved with the women, but how did Timmy like the uh, the event? Well, he's kind of like the Forrest Gump of mm. Fox News. You know, he just likes to get Be in places. the frame somewhere. Yeah. And he did that. He got in last night. I don't know how he did it. I was mm. watching Newsroom this morning. Dana mm. Perino was showing her pictures. There's Dana and some people who matter. And then there's Timmy's face. Is that true? Right in there. And I'm like, <laughs> how did you do that, man? But the thing with him is... It's the hot chocolate that's the X factor because he's all in on the hot chocolate. You know, but he's, he's kind of a fumbler. You know, uh -huh. he doesn't have great hands. So he's up there on this stage and everybody's done up. Uh -huh. And there he is with the full hot chocolate, you know, half of it I, on his I'd face. I'd be nervous. Like, so I we're getting a little nervous about that. <laughs> you know, like when you go into like a store, I used to remember doing this when we were on a family vacation. You'd walk into certain stores and your mom would literally be like through clenched teeth, like don't, don't touch, touch anything, anything right? Well. So uh, you're kind of in don't touch anything mode. <laughs> it, it is truly don't do anything. You got a lot of cashmere on that dais. <laughs> that hot chocolate goes sideways. You'd be you'd be lucky to get a guest hit on OAN. I mean, forget about it. Not even Newsmax. Well, I didn't have any fun last night because I just sat there worried the whole time that Timmy was going <laughs> to spill hot chocolate and Sandra Smith, and then you know my career's over. Oh, gone. No, there are no. Don't get me wrong. There are male members of Fox that he could spill the hot chocolate on, and they'd be into that. They they pay for it on Craigslist. <laughs> And I could kind of coach him through the, that little buried treasure map if he needs the help. But uh, I'd say the safe bet is to just stick to holding on to that hot chocolate. No, 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 no. We're good. That was a great time, though. It was, it was a great time. That tree's great. The carolers. You had the priest. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, it was really uh, like the prayers. I mean, it was really – it's a cool event. It actually. was powerful because the one thing that I th – uh, in the response I got on Twitter, if it wasn't some type of comment about my jacket, it was that people appreciated the unapologetically pro-religion yeah. ceremony. Yeah. Okay, where the rabbi is there as well. And, uh, you know, Santa. Like, we did the whole thing. The whole thing. There it was, was the whole thing. You know. Even even the protesters, but they got drowned out because we had a very enthusiastic crowd. No, nah, it didn't matter. It's New York. Non-factor. There's always four. No matter. Because funniest thing about New York City, you guys have to know this, is no matter what you're doing, okay, no matter what you're doing, four protesters yeah. are showing up. It's like today we're giving away ice cream and puppies right. to kids in an orphanage, and four people can show me like that dog sucks. <laughs> There, there, there's four protesters in the control booth right now. I don't know how they got in there. <laughs> That's my favorite. The, 
But they're in there right now. The ice cream sucks. Your whole organization's on a rocky road. If you ask me, boo, get them out of here. That's New York. And you know what's funny about it is it's the same four people. Like they'll be at the oh, end, they'll be at the NBC tree lighting. They'll be across the street with a different sign. Like boo. No, oh, it's gosh. it's 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 great. Like they just wear like layers of clothing and they just take off one layer and the next one is like <laughs> boo children and the next one is boo government and, and it, boo fela. Isn't it so funny though that like for some people like protesting is like literally is a lifestyle. Oh, it like, is. You get a call they're like, "Hey, are you going to defund the police on Tuesday?" <laughs> They're like, nah, we're doing the river to the sea Palestinian thing, and then we're going to do the hate has no home here. And that's what's so funny about hate it. Has no home that's here. my favorite one in the world. Yes. Because everyone marching across the Brooklyn Bridge in solidarity with Hamas are the hate has no home here people I from love 2020. It. Love it. You know, the coexist people. Yes. Who, who, who have, will have nothing to do with coexisting in the Middle East. Yes. None. We they're, were coexisting. They're, they're the gymnasts of activism because their flexibility is boundless. Anything. It's completely unmoored. Anything. People. I mean, you understand Israel was coexisting. Their contribution to the conflict in Gaza was a dance party the <laughs> night before. And somebody paraglided in uh, in a hang glider, started killing people, which does not exactly coexist. Nor is it hate has no home here. And a lot of hate, as a matter of fact. Brian Brunberger is here. But despite all of this insanity, and this is the sermon I kicked off the hour with, it is Thanksgiving. Uh, these people live in the greatest country in the world. I might add, the most tolerant and inclusive country in the world, bar right. none. It's not even anybody in our class, okay? No. They don't even cover the point spread, and it's a double-digit point spread. So I've been telling people <laughs> they have a lot to be thankful for. Even if they feel like their personal life or their professional life isn't where they want it to be, the thing we have here that makes it so unique is you can change the story. You get a chance to, sh- to change the story. Remember the song Centerfield put me in, Coach? Oh, yeah. Like, in America, you're going in if you want to go in. You don't need to write a John Fogarty song. Coach is putting you in because you're your coach in America. We almost have too much opportunity mm-hmm. to change the story if we yeah. want to. Like there are there are people in America who are like, I have so many things I could do that it's causing me yeah. anxiety. That was like number one for kids in my college class. They come to my office hours, and their biggest thing is there's so many things I could do. I don't know what to do, and it's causing me distress. And I'm like, we're in a good spot right now. That's a great spot. Just so you know, that's a really good spot. It's a great be. spot if you have Professor Brenberg and not the professor who reacts to, I have so much to do, I'm not sure. And they go, maybe you're trapped in the wrong body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's a lifetime That guy's down the hall. <laughs> Meds and surgeries. <laughs> Because uh, you clearly you're you're conflicted, and that must mean you're trapped in the wrong. I got body. a solution for you, real simple. <laughs> I never thought of that that way. Okay, get the saw. It's I mean, true, man. It, it is so. It is so true. We have so much to be thankful for, and it's worth taking like one day every day. Yeah, thank you. Thank just a little perspective, you guys. Just a little perspective. And you know what? The football is free, and it's so unique that this year on Thursday. Okay, the Detroit Lions are good. They're dang good. They haven't been good in for I said earlier, the last time the Lions were a dominant team was in the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> it goes back a while. <laughs> they were hungry that day, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. They were leaving some things on the field. You think Barry Sanders had a good ground game? You should have seen them when they played in the Coliseum. That was a hungry team. Was it ever? But it's amazing. They're good. They're hosting. Now, just to be clear, I only acknowledge the two traditional Thanksgiving games. This is where I go into football. I know there's a third NFL game. Nobody asked for it. There's only so much football we need. They throw on like three college games. There's like a motocross going on. It's an NBA doubleheader, I'm sure. (laughs) The Lions play and the Cowboys play. That's Thanksgiving. That's it. Hold on. Excuse me one second. Hey, kids, get off my lawn right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Old man Fela is not acknowledging game three. But I'm excited for the first two games. I never felt like on Thanksgiving when I'd watch those two games that I needed more football than that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was it. That's yeah. all I needed because it was then time to go back for the third round. Oh, round two. I mean, you know, so what do we need that much football for? I'm with Brian Brenberg. He is in studio, uh, co-host of the Big Money Show. Uh, here's a Thanksgiving PSA. Uh, if you're inviting people over, if you're hosting, invite them over. It has to be within an hour of food being ready. Okay? If you invite me over three hours before the uh, food's ready, that's not dinner. That's a hostage situation. <laughs> Want to know why I host Thanksgiving? Okay? Because we know. Jenny, who just had foot surgery, came and walk right now. We're still hosting Thanksgiving. No. Because that's how important it is to me to make sure we're eating on time. Get the food ready. ready. Okay, I'm hosting this thing. I make a phenomenal holiday cocktail. Okay, um, it is. I it's, it. a, it's it's a Michter's. It's a Michter's holiday punch. Stop. If you guys are listening at home, I could give you the recipe while I'm sitting here with Brenberg's. It's it's very sugary, so it's I wouldn't right. adv- I wouldn't advise drinking it if you've got to fill in for Greg Gutfeld on the five <laughs> the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I might be in a tough spot, but the Michter's holiday punch is as good of anything as you're ever going to drink. Uh, and I will give you that recipe as this conversation goes on. But let's start here, Brenberg. It is Thanksgiving. Okay, I was told. That the cost of a turkey is down, but inflation is still up. It's the sides that are up. Yeah, so the turkey's cheaper because I guess we don't have the bird flu to deal with anymore. The <laughs> eggs are a little cheaper, so I don't whatever you put eggs into for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to say right now, I have no involvement. You make <laughs> things for Thanksgiving. I do. I eat things. All right, fair. I respect That's that it. though. Uh, got, but yeah, the other stuff's the other stuff's up. It's mm-hmm. not down. Okay. And and. And it's not even just the other stuff you put in your plate, of course. If you're yeah. doing Thanksgiving, there's like the getting there piece of it yeah, yeah. and the ensuring the things that get you there piece of it and uh-huh. the fuel to get you there. So all that, you know, you kind of all in on it and the uh-huh. price level is still way up. Yeah, and it's significantly higher than it was when they took office. So essentially, again, you're not supposed to be going to the grocery store and saying through clenched teeth, don't touch anything. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> You're in the dairy aisle. Don't touch but, anything. But here's the thing. So, so I was on with Jason Chaffetz last night, and he said he bought a $90 turkey. Ooh. Can, is that possible? Like, can you just help me understand? I mean, there's a lot of Mormons in Utah, so there might be 71 people in the family. Like, they might have some steroid <laughs> I mean, maybe he's turkey. got, like, the big, like, but a 90? How big is a 90 I mean, i got to be honest with you. I don't know anybody who could kill a turkey that I, big. It would, it would haunt you. Yeah, the turkey would buy a $70 you. <laughs> Is what I think would end up happening. I don't know. I gotta. I might have to throw the. Challenge I, I did. Away. I heard it, and I was like, "That turkey's got to be made out of steak. Like it's got to be made out of something else." Whole Foods. Oh. is this it? So, in other words, well, he's probably okay. if he went to Whole Foods, it's a one pound turkey. Right. <laughs> it's sliced. We're turkey. thinking the the price means it's big. Yeah, you're talking to guys who don't make a lot of trips to Whole Foods. They're like, look okay. for but for an extra eighty five, we'll throw in one avocado. <laughs> you're like, oh, you got a deal. <laughs> yes. You got to tie it to okay, the roof like a Christmas solved. tree. I got it. Fine. All right, Brenberg, are you ready for this? Yeah, I want to hear it. Spiced Kentucky Mule. That's the Michter's holiday punch we oh, make. Man, that just sounds good. Spiced so good. Kentucky Mule. If you're listening along at home, this is the drink. This is how you make it. Okay. okay? Bottle of Michter's bourbon. The U.S. one. So the $40 bottle. I'm not giving you fancy 25-year stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a radio guy. I'm not making TV money like This isn't Whole Foods whiskey. This here, ain't okay. Whole Foods whiskey. Okay? Bottle of Michter's. Just get it out. You got a big bowl like you're making a punch. Yeah. Bottle of Michter's. Okay? 24-ounce bottle of apple cider. Okay. Boom. So it's an easy mix so far. No problem. Two cans of ginger beer. All right. Boom yep. and boom. Yep. Okay. Check there. Five ounces of lemon juice. 
Like okay, that, so you keep yeah. and score at home. Bottle of bourbon. Bite off the scurvy. Bottle of apple juice. cider. Two cans of ginger beer. Five ounces of lemon juice. And then you're supposed to add cinnamon sticks, which we do. Okay. Okay, mix that whole thing up. And it's a spiced Kentucky mule. It will change your life. Okay. It's fantastic. That's happening. That's going to happen. Uh, uh, that's going to happen, I think, for Christmas for us. That's a good year. look for the Brenbergs. That's a good look. And I think in Minnesota, we're going to do that. You need, it's good because they, you are supposed to, in theory, you can warm the apple cider if you want to serve yeah. this like it's a warm drink. It's really good warm, but again, anything that sweetens an already sweet drink brings you one step closer to being the guy who's arguing with a parking meter yes. at the end of the night. Like I, two Thanksgivings ago, I fought a garden gnome, <laughs> and it's not that's a bit tough. Of, it's bad enough because I was losing. You know, that's the kind of shape I was in. <laughs> it's one thing to fight an inanimate object; it's another thing to lose. Like, have you ever seen a cat fighting a hair tie when it goes in retreat? You know, like the cat like swats at it and like backs away and hides behind something. (laughs) (laughs) But what was most embarrassing is those four protesters watching you lose to the gnome and they were cheering against you. (laughs) They were protesting you fighting the gnome because hate doesn't live there. (laughs) Coexist. Kick his ass. (laughs) So funny. Everyone's full of it. So that's another thing you guys can be thankful for this year is you're not those people. You're the ones with perspective. You care about the country. You consume political talk in a manner that's distilled. I, I always say we're putting their vitamins in their applesauce. Yep. We're putting their vitamins in their spiced Kentucky mule. Spiced Kentucky mule. You even got a drink recipe out of it, you guys. And I will post, as I do every year, Brenberg, the recipe for my Gruyere mac and cheese. Oh, I've had it. Oh, I've had it's, it. It's, it's the real deal. You and, don't forget it. And you don't have to charge people extra for the gout or the foot amputation. No. Nope. It actually, it's, if you make the roux the right way, it actually forms a saw to cut off your foot right there at the end of the meal. So it's a glorious all-in-one. It's a turnkey Thanksgiving operation. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you this. If you're listening along, if you haven't changed the station yet, uh, that we're down to two weeks at this point. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, you will. It is such a show-stopping side dish at a Thanksgiving. It is. And everybody appreciates a mac and cheese because it's a comfort food, and Thanksgiving food is a comfort food. It's a comfort food, and it, it's it's like the weight of it. You mm-hmm. know, like you just eat it, and you feel like I'm doing something that's meaningful that- here. <laughs> Gives your life. Do you know what I mean? Like every other things you eat, and you're like, does this really matter in the yeah. grants? When you eat that mac mm. and cheese, you're like, I've done something real today. And just when you think you have nothing to be thankful for, you have a new set of man boobs. Night, new ass. Cosmetic surgery free. Give me this. Uh, we got two minutes. Uh, pumpkin pie, obviously a big staple, but I yeah. just want to talk dessert. I yeah. don't eat a lot of dessert these days. I've kind of minimized sugar in my life. I haven't gone on a diet. I'm just eating so much uh, protein hey, that look, I'm going to drop dead. I respect that. Okay, but sugar dishes really jump out at me. Yeah. Like the uh, Jenny gave me a brownie the other night. It changed my life. It was good. But I'm a big chocolate pecan pie guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I do get, I do, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to mess with the pumpkin. Yeah. But is there a go-to uh, Thanksgiving dessert in the Brenberg house? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I do like the pecan pie. I'm what? not a chocolate guy. Okay, fair. I, I like chocolate, but when it comes to pies, I don't like the chocolate. Okay. I keep it out. So you go a so we go pecan, pecan with we, the molasses. We, we go, we go pumpkin, and then for me, like if if there's a strawberry rhubarb available, Ooh, a I'm a rhubarb, rhubarb guy because that was like my grandma's thing. There oh, was always awesome. rhubarb in the desserts. That's awesome. You know, it adds that tangy bit, and it's yeah, like it's do. like the poor man's. I don't even know what it is—a vegetable or something. <laughs> it grows wherever it, you know, side of the road. But like, so if I can get like a strawberry rhubarb. Uh-huh. Mm, 
Brian Brenberg, the Polk Salad Annie. Polk. Cable News. <laughs> <laughs> Down in Louisiana. Elvis is singing about a woman who has, lives in a shanty next to a truck patch. But she's got Polk Salad. Everybody called it Polk Salad. That's Polk. I love it. Sell it. He's like, he's like, they didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> but they did all right. <laughs> I love that song. You got that a is lot the greatest, to be thankful for. That is the greatest performance. Even I'm- if you live next to the truck patch, you could be Polk Salad Annie. I'm telling you, unlimited upward mobility in this America. When your life. grandma works on a chain gang. Okay? A chain gang. And she still did all right. They <laughs> she had nothing did all to right. Eat. Grandma's in a chain gang. <laughs> they live next to a truck patch. You know, when you think about it, Polk Salad Annie was probably a lot lizard. I mean, where were they coming up right. with money in that truck patch? Exactly. Adjacent home of theirs. It's a lot unsaid in that song. It was, yeah, Polk Salad sounds like a euphemism. I'm out of here. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, man. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. Waiting for the drilling to stop in the studio beneath mine. We have a little construction going on right now at Fox. Uh, but sometimes it's actually like, I, you know, listen, I'm a cab driver. I'm used to sirens going off and gunshots and everything like that. I just wanted to make sure you could hear me. I didn't want you to think I missed the post coming back from break on that hot guitar bed. It is Thanksgiving week. You got a lot to be thankful. Nothing I am more thankful for, obviously, than my family, uh, Jenny and Lincoln, and, of course, my extended family as well. But you guys, uh, the Fox Cross America family, that have turned this show into the behemoth that it is. And I mean behemoth in the sense that there is no bigger source of positive energy anywhere in political talk. So for that, I thank you. And I say all the time, I am not the star of this show. We are. And I mean it in every sense of the word. So happy Thanksgiving. I really do hope you have the best holidays allowable by law. I am so thankful for all of you. I will be returning all of my messages on the Facebook page. Don't expect good grammar because I'm going to be hammered. But the show is over. Pay up. Get out. See you next week. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.